With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wolfpacker Show. My name's Ethan McDowell, and I am here with Noah Fleischman. We're back for another weekly basketball update to talk about all of the latest action in NC State's men's and women's basketball programs. And there's a lot to talk about. And refreshingly, after last night, some positive news to discuss on the show with NC State's latest win over Miami. The men's squad picked up a much-needed victory to snap a three-game losing streak. We're going to touch briefly on the losing skid, and then, um, but mainly devote most of our time today on what was an encouraging and, um, you know, a win that showed a lot of you know, signs of life for this team and um, just a great bounce back victory at home. Um, before we do that, just a quick housekeeping note. We're both reporters for the Wolfpacker.com. That is NC State's site on the On3 network, the fastest growing college football news and um, recruiting site out there. Um, if you're looking to join a um, passionate group of Wolfpack fans, uh, go subscribe to the Wolfpacker.com. It's only $1 for your first month to get access to our message board our premium recruiting scoops and other info, team analysis. Um, it's a great deal. doesn't get any cheaper than $1. So go um, check that out and uh, um, let us know if you do subscribe through the podcast. We really appreciate that. All right, now let's get into it. You were there last night at PNC Arena, a 9 p.m. late night tip for the Wolfpack. And hey, it went pretty well for the pack. They, they left with a 74-68 victory. Um, you know, my, it was back and forth throughout, but I, I had the feel, I, it felt like NC state was the better team throughout that game. I, I was never really super concerned that NC state was going to drop it because I thought they were, were playing better basketball than Miami did last night, but I'm interested to hear just your initial thoughts on the win, Noah, um, and a much needed victory for NC state. It looks, you know, it's the best they've played in, in a few games. And I think that's a good thing. And know, we can touch on this, this losing streak they went on. It was three games. Virginia Tech was kind of one that they had a chance to win and, and just didn't go their way, and two guards got got loose there. And then after that, it just was not pretty basketball at Virginia and, and at Syracuse. 15 points the first half at Virginia, 22 points in the first half at Syracuse. Dug themselves in a hole. They played well in the second half in both games. Um, were able to force overtime at Virginia, cut it to nine late at Syracuse, but it was too little too late, um, and, and they ended up losing them. So they come home. And then they got a much-needed win, as you said, against Miami, a team who leads the, the league in three-point shooting, second in three-pointers made per game. And, and NC State did really, I think, you know, really well on, on making them take tough shots and, and limiting the three. You know, Miami was 7 of 28 from three. That's good for 25%, 36.4% from the field, which was the lowest it shot this season. So NC State's defense – showed up its offense, which is the part that hadn't shown up in, in games recently, came to play. Um, you know, they scored 74 points, 41 again in the second half. The second half continues to be their better half lately. Um, even when they get off to these poor shooting starts, they somehow can can get 40 points in the second half. And, and if you can do that with a good shooting start like they did against Miami, it usually will bode well. And you look at it, DJ Horn 
got out there for 24, and then Casey Morsell got rolling again with 17 points. So, you know, a good all-around effort and, and a, a game that I think a lot of Pac fans had, you know, the season hinged on it in a way, right? If they lose, people are going to be calling for a new coach. If they win, we're in the situation where we are right now, and people are like, okay, we'll see what happens down the stretch. Um, Ten games to play. They're six and four in, in league play so far, and, and they have a lot in front of them, but it was a, it was a win they needed. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you mentioned Casey Morsell. I'm watching the game and watching the past few games. Is I think he just deserves a shout out because I think he's playing at the level right now that um, NC State fans were really hoping for this season. I think he's just playing some phenomenal basketball right now on both ends of the court. Um, he, he had one play where um, I, I believe he was whistled for a foul on the play, but um, he got turned around defensively. And um, he fully palmed the basketball, and it, should, it was a great defensive play. It should have been a jump ball. They called, they whispered him for a foul. It wasn't a foul, but I thought that was just a um, good example of just the you know high level defense he's playing right now to go along with um you know he had um, one streak where what, what was it like 10, 10 straight of NC State's points? It was seven or ten, one of those two, where he um carried the offense for a stretch of that game and was just a really really impressive um player throughout that one. And um, kind of related, but no, I wanted to talk about the starting lineups because we've seen Coach Keats kind of switch things around and really overhaul the rotation as a whole. Um, just what did you think of the um, new starting five of Michael O'Connell, DJ Horn, Jaden Taylor, Casey Morsell, and DJ Burns, um, the, the return of the four-guard lineup? Yeah, you know, it, was, it worked, but it was more of a matchup thing. Miami plays four guards too, and then Norchad O'Meara, they're big is he can shoot the three. They, they shoot the three from all over. So Coach Keats was looking for a way to, you know, find to match up, and, and that was a way to do it because their four-man can shoot threes. So they moved Casey Morsell there, and it worked, right? You, you let O'Connell on the point, and, and things happen. And, you know, I think for the most part, that isn't really a, a lineup we've seen. It's not a starting lineup we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but those four of the five played starters minutes, um, DJ Burns only played 13 minutes in the game, just was not a matchup for him. Um, with Norchad Amir being such a, a smaller big that can run the floor, that can hit yeah. three, it was not a good matchup. More of a Ben Middlebrooks Modiara, which we saw a lot more of in the second half of that one. So it worked out. I think the rotation, as you said, we kind of touched on it. You know, DJ Burns loses some minutes just because, you know, couldn't keep up. And I think that's, you know, it's a problem on the defensive end um, and, and on the glass especially because, I mean, Miami had 20 offensive rebounds in the game. And a lot of that's just Norchad Amir just crashing the glass and getting what he wanted. Um, so that was a problem. But other than that, they, they played pretty well. The rotation worked out well. Um, when you look at it, you know, Modi R put 14 minutes and, and still grabbed five boards. Ben Modiwex with 15 minutes and, and five points and four boards. So they got what they wanted, I think, out of that, that center spot a little bit. And then DJ Burns, you know, he played 13 minutes at four points, no rebounds. He did have three assists, um, but not kind of what they were looking for. So the matchup didn't work out well. But the guards came to play. And that, that helped him out a lot. And we'll see what this rotation looks like down the stretch. But LJ Thomas, I think, deserves more time on the floor. We've seen him on the floor a little bit more recently. Um, he's just a guy that, that hustles. I think, you know, you see him on the court, he puts the most energy um, when he's out there. And in the last two games, he played 11 minutes at Syracuse, scored seven points and, and had three rebounds and then played eight minutes last night. No points, but two assists. Um, so he, he's good at keeping the ball hot. And I think that, you know, the more he plays, the, the better he'll get. I think he's a guy that 
it, it deserves more time on the court, and we'll see what they do in these last 10 games. Yeah, I was going to ask you about him if you didn't bring him up because I was really encouraged by what I saw out of him. Um, he played eight minutes, and um, he didn't score, missed his only shot attempt, but he did have two assists. And, um, you know, most of the impact I agree that he had just isn't going to be something that shows up in the box score necessarily. But um, I, I thought, you know, he, he's he's contributed um, in, in the past couple games. I, I've he's, Of course, he had seven, against Syrac- seven points against Syracuse. So um, he's emerging into a little bit of a role here. I, I agree it's deserved minutes for um, for the sophomore from Florida. I think he um, he's a good player, and um, I, I, I hope to see his minutes kind of continue to uh, expand as well. Um, so let's before we look forward on the schedule, let's briefly touch on those losses to, um, to Virginia and Syracuse. The uh, first one, um, a six-point overtime loss to UVA. Uh, this one was one where, you know, they score, you know, 15 points in the first half. Um, not a good offensive showing against, um, uh, you know, the Virginia pack line defense, which is notorious for doing that to teams, um, but hadn't done it to um, definitely didn't do it to NC State in their first meeting and um, hadn't done it to a ton of opponents this year. But playing at um, John Paul Jones Arena is a different beast, and NC State kind of struggled there before coming out in the second half, outscoring UVA by 12 to force overtime before falling just short. Um, you know, balanced sort of scoring night. You had Casey Morsell with 13, DJ Burns with 11, and a Michael O'Connell with 10, who another guy who I think has stepped up in the past few games made some really solid contributions but Noah you were in Charlottesville what what did you think of um this game particularly the response in the second half yeah it was a solid response you know they came out in the second half came out firing defense played really well you know limiting Virginia to just 20 points after they scored 27 in the first half so you know when you play a game in the 40s you know defense is going to be a must and that's what NC State had and, and I think that's been a constant throughout the season but its offense just did not get rolling at all in the first half. It was not a pretty half of basketball to watch at all. And you talk about Michael O'Connell. He hit the game-time bucket, you know, with three seconds left to, to you know, force overtime. And so playing really well at the moment. But, yeah, it, it was a game you kind of want to flush, get rid of. So Syracuse. Yeah. Um, but luckily for State, they don't have to play Virginia anymore. You will see Syracuse again in Raleigh. You know, they split Virginia. That, that when you look at their their team sheet for the NCAA tournament, a split with Virginia is not a bad thing. They're you know they're mm-hmm. in the top fifty. You take the win. You wish they got the win on the road, but it is what it is because that would have been a quad one win should they have won that. But they'll take the quad two home win and and move on. And then Syracuse, similar story to to the Virginia game. The offense was going through these lulls. You know, at Virginia they had eleven minutes without a field goal in the first half. So in the first twenty minutes, eleven without a field. At Syracuse, they had, I think, a six-minute stretch in the first half, no points. That hurts. And and, and and then in the second half, they come out and play. So it's kind of the same story in both of them, but they, they, they've they figured it out, it seems, at least for one game, that they can get rolling in the first half and then play the second half, which has been consistent for most of the year, of, you know, anywhere from 30 to 40 points. And if you can do that, I think they feel pretty good about themselves, you know, scoring 40 and a half. Yeah, the yeah. UPA loss was one where um... – I kind of just like shrugged my shoulders. It's like one, it's, it's tough to win on the ACC and on the road, UVA's, you know, the best team in the ACC at home. So it's um that one. 
I, I that didn't really raise my eyebrows that much. I thought that I thought it was encouraging that they fought back the way they did. Um, and it was great to see um, multiple players contribute in different ways down the stretch there. But the Syracuse one was a bit more concerning um, to me. I, th- I thought you really, really had to split those two games to have a chance at um, making the tournament, barring some um, incredible ra- run down the stretch here. But, um, you know, they didn't. They were losing by 16 points at halftime. Um, you know, again, Casey Morsell had another good game, 14-5. and DJ Horn had 15-5-4. and four. But, um, you know, it, it just wasn't enough. And, I, of course, you put 43 on them in the second half, and you're like, all right, that – now we're kind of cooking with gas here, but I, I, I thought that was a really rough game for the pack to really not be competitive in for um, long stretches of that contest. So it, it was good to see them fight back again, but uh, um, those were two pretty critical losses for this season. And um, now it puts a ton of stress on the um, final 10 games of this regular season, which um, let's talk about one of them, just the upcoming one, because we'll have time to preview the Pittsburgh matchup um, in our next show next week. But did want to talk about the upcoming homestand against um, Georgia Tech. The Yellow Jackets, um, you know, that not, it's not a gimme game. If, if, if they showed anything um, yesterday, they, they hosted UNC and defeated the number three team in the country, 74 to 73, on a last second bucket. Um, been a weird stretch of the schedule for them. I mean, they, before that, they had lost three straight conference games, including a um, 23-point blowout or 24-point blowout to um, Virginia Tech on the road. So, you know, th- they haven't been a great home team. I'm um, I'm great uh, road team, I mean, but they did. Um, they were able to beat uh, Clemson on the road earlier this month, but. It's not a it's not a gimme win. You can't just pencil that one in as a win. They they showed that they can beat you know the best of the best in this conference. So, Noah, what do you think about the upcoming matchup with the Yellow Jackets? They're an interesting team. They play good teams well, and they play decent teams not great, which is weird if you look at their schedule. I mean, they beat Duke in December um, at home. Then they go to Duke and led. You know, I think in the second half of that one, they fell. You know, lost by five points. Um, then they beat. North Carolina last night by one. It's a team that's weird, um, but this shouldn't be too big. You know, it's a team that that Kevin Keats has a problem with, you know, currently, but it's a new coach in David Stoudemire. Um, I, I don't think this is too, as much of an issue. I mean, they played really well against North Carolina. Don't get me wrong. They've got three wins in the ACC, all against teams that are, you know, in the top 30 in the net. Um, so I think that, that shows you, you know, what they're able to do. But – in all honesty, I think that, you know, this might be a hangover game for them coming off, you know, their biggest win of the season over the number three team ranked in the country. And NC State coming off of a win against Miami, I think, is, is a good thing. So we'll see, you know, we've seen this before with Georgia Tech this season. They beat Clemson in double overtime, and they go in the three-game three, three game losing streak, losing to Virginia Pitt and Virginia Tech. So we'll see what happens. But I don't think it's – it's definitely not like one of those games where you go, they will win. But I don't think it's one of those games where, where people sit on eggshells being like, is this the game they lose? Like maybe they were for Miami coming into the game. It's safe to say it's a, another must-win game for the Pack. Yeah, you can't lose to a team that's 
currently sitting at uh, 128 in the net. They did move up six spots, but yeah, 128 is a backbreaking loss. I'm sure we can talk about, you know, moving forward for, for NC State and what there is to play for. Some people think, like myself, there is a chance to make the NCAA tournament still. There's a lot of work to do in 10 games, but there is a path. Ethan, I know you have a, a differing opinion, but when you look at who they have to play, they've got multiple quad one opportunities left on the schedule, including two, you know, Wake Forest at Clemson, and you've got, you know, at North Carolina Duke and then Pittsburgh. So they've got five quad one opportunities left in these last 10 games. Probably need to win three of them to give yourself a really good opportunity. At the end of the tournament, they don't have any quad ones wins currently. So that's the problem that they sit in. It's time this time will tell. But I think that the biggest game on the schedule left for them to circle as a, you know, if you want to make the tournament when Duke comes to Raleigh, it's a it's a needed win. I wouldn't even call it a must win. I'd say it's a needed win. And it's kind of like above a must win. It's like they want to make the tournament. That's that game is, you know, gotta be a W. And if it's not, mm-hmm. then then it is what it is and they move on. But Six and four in the ACC is not a terrible place to be right now. And sixth here, they're what I think a half game back from third, so not the end yeah. of the ACC wise. And you know, in past years, you'd be like, okay, at worst, you're sixth in the ACC, you're on the bubble, like at, at worst. And I, I think that it has to kind of go to. I think the uh, for a long time, I was skeptical on the national. Um, disrespect of the ACC storyline, I think it's getting ridiculous at this point. Uh, the, the fact that they could be like a two or three bid league this year, like what, what are we talking about? Come on. Every you're, you're coach coming... every coach makes the opinion. You 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 listen to the ACC call on Mondays. They all they all say the same thing, which the ACC is getting disrespected. And, and people think the Mountain West should be a five bid league, which I don't know. I saw a tweet last night or this morning about it. In like the past ten years, or something the ACC has like the most wins, the most you know Final Four appearances, the most Sweet Sixteen appearances. It has it all, and it's kind of one of those things. Is why is there the anti-ACC bias? And I think that you know, sixth in the ACC usually was a bubble team. Third in the ACC, you were in, and now why is third in the ACC the bubble? I don't know. Yeah, and 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 we have this conversation every freaking year, Noah, because it. it it seems like the the line just continues to climb, right? Like I feel at one point the ACC was like an eight bid league um, and not even like too far back, like five years ago. Um, And then I feel like that line has just slowly crept up. And every year some team creeps in in that like, you know, eight, nine line. And then they go on a huge run to an elite eight or a final four, whether it's Miami or someone like that. And you're just like, oh, Wait, this is a team we slept on. Can't remember. Got to remember not to do that again. And then here we are sleeping on the entire middle of the pack of the ACC. When I wouldn't be surprised if a team like um, maybe Wake gets hot down the stretch and then they go on a tournament run. Heck, I, maybe I think Wake is the team to do it. Right. So yeah. Wake's the most I think most capable to be that under the radar team. They've got the, the pieces to be really good. They are a really good team. They're a bubble team. Is what is and they don't win over them, which is. Could look good down there at the end of the season. Um, but I think if you pick a team, Wake's probably the one to be that, you know. I'm not going to say they're going to go to the Final Four like Miami did a couple years ago, but they're a team that's capable. And I feel like there's a few teams that are capable of that. And um, and if NC State gets hot, um, you know, I, there's it's there's a path 
to getting to the big dance. I, I will acknowledge that. I think it's a very difficult path. I think you you can't have a bad loss for the rest of the season. You have a full season's worth of bad losses. So I think you need to um, win every game you should win for the rest of the year, and then you have to do some surprises. And we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm not super optimistic, just based off of, you know, the way the team has looked on the road. And um, I think they're going to need some big performances away from PNC Arena. But hey, now they're, what, back-to-back games with um, eight or more threes? Maybe the uh, shooting lows are starting to drift. Um, you know, we're some positive regression, regression to the mean here. So um, we'll, see, we'll see what happens here. Um, and if that happens, if they continue to shoot well, uh, I mean, they're obviously a completely different team when the threes are falling. So we'll see how that translates to the rest of the season. Um, again, you got to beat Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh. Have to. So big week for the pack coming up. And um, we'll be here with full updates on every twist and turn of that journey. All right. We're going to switch over to the women's team for the second half of our show. Um, before we do that, um, I want to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, Game Time. Game Time is a ticket buying and selling marketplace. Whether you're looking for tickets to the next NC State game, men's or women's, whether you're looking for tickets to a Hurricanes game or um, literally whatever you have in mind, um, they have it. A concert, you know, comedy show. I'm just scrolling through the app to see everything they have. They have just about everything. So go, go check it out on the Game Time app. It's on every single app store. And then you can also find it on your web browser at gametime.co. That's not .com, that is .co. And, um, you know, you go and you pull it up. And my favorite thing about the app, Noah, is when you pull it up, you can see the exact view from your seat. I'll hold it up for those watching on YouTube. This is for a Hurricanes game later this year. You can see exactly the view from each seat. They have the cheapest tickets listed at the top to find your best deal. And to sweeten that deal a little bit, if you do go to Game Time and use it, you can use code WOLFPACK, that's all caps WOLFPACK, $20 off your first purchase. So make some one of these games even more affordable to go to. And um, yeah, so go check it out. Game Time app or gametime.co on your web browser. All right, Noah, let's talk some NC State women's hoops. Um, they just continued to build on their positive momentum. Um, since we last spoke, they have defeated Clemson and Boston College on the road, both in blowout fashion. Um, neither of those teams are um, that great, but it was just good to see them pick up authoritative road victories after dropping their last conf- um, game away from Reynolds Coliseum to Miami. So three-game winning streak. Uh, they're back up to number five in the AP poll. And now we get the stretch of the calendar that I had circled on from the day of the schedule release. I mean, you have UNC at home, Louisville at home, Virginia Tech at home. Those are three massive games, Noah. Three really, really exciting home matchups, three sold-out matchups at Reynolds Coliseum. So, um, Noah, from what you've seen of the women's team, let's get a quick just um, vibe check of where you're at with the Wolfpack women's basketball program. Yeah, I think they're, they're in a good spot. Um, you look at, their, at what they've done um, recently. What they've done, I guess, is the full body of work as well. You know, Two losses in conference play. They've been able to shake them well. Three straight wins, including three straight, you know, pretty handily wins, three blowouts. Um, I think it's a good, you know, last this stretch, we talked about the men's team and then a three-game stretch they had and it was not going well. This is the opposite. It's going really well. 
going into the, you know, I, I would argue what the toughest three game stretch they're going to have the entire season until they get to the NCAA tournament um, at this point. And I think that this is a positive. It's a positive. Um, this will learn a lot, right, in this next seven days um, between North Carolina, Louisville, and Virginia Tech. Luckily for State, they're all at home. And they get some home cooking, and uh, everyone's healthy, so that's it's positive. But I think the women are in a good spot, um, you know, going into this three-game stretch where, you know, you, they could have let the loss um, at Miami, you know, affect them going into other games. They didn't, which I think is a good thing to see. And uh, we can see what happens when they play three of the most talented teams in the ACC on back-to-back-to-back games. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at it and they're eight and two and six and two in the ACC. They're still in fifth place in the conference, but um, three um, their next three opponents are um, three of the four teams ranked ahead of them. So um, every, everyone in the conference has at least two conference losses right now, except for Louisville, which um, is seven and one in the league and eighteen and three overall. It's a good Cardinals team. That's going to be a, a fun game Monday night. Um, um, it's the play for K game this year. So um, make sure you come out to that one at Reynolds, but um, it's, um, it's going to be an electric stretch here. I mean, you look at it, the, the, the fun part about watching this team, the fun part about covering this team is it's someone's game else's game every single night. It seems like, you know, um, Isaiah James goes out and has a career high against Duke. And then um, she struggles a little bit at, at Clemson. So Madison Hayes steps up and has 24 points and nine rebounds. And then the next game, um, it was a little bit of everything. And then Desiah James was back and had 24 points of um, of her own. So what, what I've really enjoyed about this team is even when one of their stars is not playing well, it seems like every, someone's always stepping up. The Miami game was really the only game where we didn't see someone step up in a major way, you know? So it, as, as long as that trend continues and you're getting um, just the consistent contributions of like, you know, Sanaya Rivers getting 15, five and five. Um, she has uh, seven steals in back-to-back games. Um, um, Notre Dame point guard Hannah Hildago has a pretty convincing um, case for ACC Defensive Player of the Year. But if um, if Sanaya keeps this up, I mean, she's going to um, make make that race really, really close, and it's going to be fun. But um, and you have Mimi Collins, who I don't think is talked enough about. She's um one of the top contenders from you know the national power forward of the year award. So um and she had you know, 17 and seven against um BC and it just consistently hits like timely buckets. I, I I feel like all of her scoring is fairly quiet, but it always seems like it's coming at the moments when NC State needs it most. And then you look up and you're like, oh wow, she was the second leading scorer this evening. So you know she's having a tremendous impact back in the power forward role. And then um. River Baldwin it, is still working her way back, but just having her on the court, like we've talked about it before, like just having her on the court, having her presence there, drawing the defense in a little bit, being there for rebounding and being able to defend the opposing team's best post player. She's not quite back at the form that she was playing at before her injury. Um, and like I've said before, if, um, if she gets back to that, I think NC State can beat anyone in the country. So we'll see where she's at after a few days off going into this home stretch, but it should be really fun. Um, I want to spend the most of this um, episode kind of previewing the matchup with the Tar Heels. Um, they're uh, ranked 24th in the country right now. Um, you know, one of the hotter teams in the ACC until 
um, Sunday when they lost to um, to a, a UVA team that um, NC State has blown out twice this year. And they got blown out by the, the Cavaliers. They lost by 15 points. But before that, they were rattling off some wins, man. They um, took down Louisville, their only conference loss of the season. Um, they had beaten UVA in the previous matchup and beaten Georgia Tech. So they had strung together some um, impressive games, and they were one of the hotter teams in the country. And um, now it's going to be a fun matchup. Um, Noah, this is going to be your first taste of the um, UNC-NC State women's basketball rivalry. Um, I, I know you, you've followed it. You've seen the quotes from um, you know UNC <laughs> coach. You've seen them from what. Wes Moore. So um, what are your initial thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, you know, I think uh, a small gym is a fun place to play. And, you know, I think it's going to be cool. I think, you know, I, I like the, the trash talk between the two schools. We've seen it yeah. in football. We've seen it in women's basketball. And then on Friday night, we'll or see it in wrestling in the same gym with, with two coaches that are within North Carolina coaches that's talking a little bit. Um, but I think it's good. I think it's good for the rivalry in all sports, but especially women's basketball, where where you know there's such a you know historic a story tradition of it at, at NC State, and and you know you know what you're going to get from North Carolina. So I think it's a good thing. Um, one thing you talked about, you know, is North Carolina's playing well in ACC play. Well, back in the ACC challenge, they led South Carolina by yeah. eleven in that game. Like this is a good team that that that's coming to Reynolds, and I think it's going to be a really high level game um, with the Tar Heels. And I'm excited to to watch that one on TV, but Coming off a loss, I think that makes them even more dangerous, right? They get blown out by a Virginia team who's not done well this year in ACC play. I think that just makes them hungry to win. And doing it against their arch rival, it's going to be, you know, even more reason to get up. So I think NC State's got to have to be ready to go because UNC is going to try to come throw a punch and is to see what NC State does when they do throw a punch because you know a team like this is, is going to come in and, and it's going to get their time on the court. It's going to make a run at some points. So it's just all about – how the Wolfpack can respond. And um, I'm keeping an eye on Isaiah James this game because last year at Reynolds Coliseum, one of the last games of the regular season, it was her kind of announcing that, hey, like I, I'm 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 a star. It, it was like like I, I am going to be one of the best guards in the ACC. She she took over that game, made um, some clutch shots and um, won that one for the pack. And it was well, one of those games where it was such a um, – you know, up and down season for the pack last year where um, so many injuries, so many players having to step up into bigger roles than they originally expected. And Isaiah James did that. And um, when, when, when she hit um, those super, super clutch shots against the, in that overtime victory over UNC, it was kind of like, OK, the future of NC State's backcourt is in good hands um, because we had already seen um, Sanaya, um, you know, uh, emerge as a, you know, very, very productive um, star player as well. So I, I'm interested to see what she, um, um, what that backcourt can do against um, against UNC this year. Uh, as far as the atmosphere goes, um, you know, <laughs> uh, Westmore tossed a little fuel on the fire after the Boston College went on the WKNC after the game. He um, said to um, to the radio folks, um, I, I think someone um, called our fans classless. Thursday night, I hope we're real classless. I hope we bring the heat. Um, both coaches lean into the rivalry, and it makes it fun, man. Um, I, I think it's all good-natured fun between the two programs, I, and um, it'll be some intense competition. I know the crowd's going to be rowdy, and um, uh, I, I love Reynolds Coliseum. I've mentioned that many times on the show before. I think it is um, one of the loudest venues I've ever been in of any sport 
Um, and uh, last year, uh, when you know, Isaiah James, uh, I forget if it was the hit to tie the game or um, um, take the lead, she hit one shot where um, my computer was sitting on the table on the baseline there, and it was like rattling because it was so loud the table was vibrating. So that was cool. I'm looking forward to seeing that environment again, and um, it should be a uh, it, it should be a fun one. Uh, as far as predictions go, um, no, I don't know about you, but until I see NC State lose at Reynolds, I'm going to pick them to win at Reynolds. So th- they're on a lengthy winning streak there, I believe. Um, it's uh, up to 12 games or more at this point. So um, yeah, they're, they're, I think they'll keep that going. I think it'll be a close game. Um, Deja Kelly, an absolute star for UNC. Um, absolute bucket getter. She's averaging um, over 16 points so so far this season, 16.2. Um, it's going to be someone, you know, they're, they're going to have to watch really, really closely in this game. I'm expecting Madison Hayes will um, probably draw the primary guarding responsibility on her as she, because the you know, senior guard guards the opposing, best opposing perimeter player on most games. So that'll be a thrilling matchup to watch. It was really fun last year. So, all that said, I am going to pick NC State to win this one. Noah, what do you say? Yeah, you know, I'll go the same. You know, in the games that I've watched, you know, in person of this women's team at Reynolds, you know, it's just a different and different place to play, I think, for a lot of teams. We saw UConn come in and, and take a lead at one point, but the crowd stayed behind them. And you know, I imagine it's going to do it again. You know, sold out crowd at Reynolds, I think, is one of the best environments in college basketball, men or women's. I think it's just, you know, one of those difference makers. Even when they're down, I think they get behind this team and try to whale them in front. They did it against UConn. It worked. I mean, this is a team that, that has proven it can win these big-time games at home, and I think that it, it can protect home court against North Carolina before Louisville comes because just, you know, a gauntlet of a schedule. If they go, I think, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to make a bold take here. Okay. If they go 3-0 and on this next three-game stretch, all at Reynolds, NC State may be – the second best team in women's college basketball. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I'm not bold enough like to it. say that they'll beat South Carolina because that's just an old only animal. But, like, let's say they'd they, they make a case to be a top two team in the country. I can get behind that if they go out and beat them, um, you know, three, three ranked wins in a row. In the ACC. Yeah. I mean, shoot, we're gonna, this schedule is so tough. We're going to have a very good idea of how um how good nc state is going into march madness so i will i will say that this is almost a mini march madness these next three games the quality of yeah. play you're gonna see i think it's gonna be an NCAA tournament environment um that we'll see at reynolds and i think it's a good thing and then you know touch on louisville they're a good team too they've they've played games you know they're they're led by uh, you know kiki jefferson who, who transferred from james madison so i watched yeah. her a lot last year and, and she's you know a score. She, she's electric. You know, she had 27 at Boston College or against Boston College earlier this year. So, you know, she can get to the basket and make things happen. They're a good team, too. They did get blown out by UConn. You know, it's one of the, the common opponents from the non-conference schedule, but Louisville's good. They only have one, one conference loss for a reason. Yeah, I mean, you talked about the NCAA tournament. It's also like an ACC tournament preview. Like, would you be surprised if um there, there are three games in the path to a potential ACC championship or just, you know, UNC Louisville and Virginia Tech? No, <laughs> like that could easily <laughs> that could easily be um, be what it's looking like in um, Greensboro in a, a couple months here. But um, yeah, super excited um, for this upcoming stretch. Um, if you don't already have a ticket, um, it's sold out, but you can find tickets on the secondary market. So make sure to show up and support them, and uh, it'll be fun. Game time app. Game time app has on the game time app. Use all caps code Wolfpack. 
for $20 off and um, be there. All right. That, that, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching and listening. Um, we'll be back next week for another one of our weekly updates, or maybe we'll have to hop back on the on your feed if um, some, some news breaks elsewhere. But um, if not, we will see you next Wednesday. And um, thank you all for watching and listening. We'll see you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.